Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I can only imagine the shock of finding out that people thought that you were dead. I'm talking about dead to the point of death certificate, urn of ashes, Sent to your family. But no, the reality is that you're very much alive. That is what happened to a young man by the name of Tyler Chase. Had been declared dead by the, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Multnomah County Medical Examiner's Office in Oregon. Even though he was living in Portland, at the time. All right, so that's just insane to read and to see the story. But how did we get here? So Chase has lived a rough life. Let's just be honest, okay? Drug use, homelessness, severed family ties. He be, uh, began... uh, using meth as a teenager, and then after the death of his mother in 2020, he seriously plunged into addiction and even crime. Then in January of last year, 2023, he was arrested on several charges, including burglary and drug possession. He said in a most recent phone interview, my life was a mess. So he was released into transitional housing, in Portland, Oregon, on the uh, in Portland, Oregon, on the condition that he complete an addiction recovery program. By early, listen to this. By early October, he learned of a death certificate, and at that particular point, he had been sober for seven months and was looking for work. And he says, obviously, you can't really apply to places when. You're dead. So what What it sounds like is after the convenience store incident, he had an, uh, uh, an incident in the convenience store, robbery or whatever, right? Um, there were some errors there. Mm-hmm. And one of them ended up saying that he was dead, okay? And at that particular point, the family, without notice um, of, you know, how do you confirm? I mean, how do you get confirmation of all that? That that, that part's a little bit weird to me. Um, some people started, you know, grieving his death. Mid December, an officer with the Portland Police Bureau turned up at 
his trans, uh, transitional housing facility, wondering why it was seeking the documents of a man whose officials had identified as dead. Chase said this. He, he recalled seeing his photo in the hands of an officer with a look of disbelief on his face. Never in the 20 years I've served, Chase remembered the officer saying, have I dealt with something like this? I was thinking, well, yeah, I told you so. So they thought that he had been found dead of a fentanyl overdose with his wallet presumably stolen. Yep. He recalled the examiner telling him. Chase recalled losing his wallet. And he described the other resident as a few years older, shorty, a shorter and skinnier than uh, skinnier than him with ginger hair. He tried to persuade the man to stay in the program, but he left. So that was a mix-up because of the wallet. Think about that. You have been written off as dead in society. Dead. Yeah. A body's been cremated. There's ashes. And the, the what they've identified you as being somebody that overdosed on fentanyl. Think about that and think about what that means, not only for you when you find out all of this, but for your family. The medical examiner's office said in a statement, we deeply regret that the misidentification happened. The office said that it has since launched a comprehensive review of procedures and that in the future it would require bodies found with temporary identification to also be identified by fingerprints at the time of the death. Why is that done anyway? Why, yeah. I, I, that part I don't – I didn't get this out of was all weird. This. Yeah, th- this was really – this was so so irresponsible and so negligent yep by that entire police department to the forensic ex, you know scientist like everybody because it, you know when when something like this happens henry they they're going to notify family relative if you have that family those family ties are severed and you're essentially independent Yep. Then you don't have any, if something happens, you don't have anybody that can identify your body. But they're going off of the fact that somebody had somebody else's wallet, and that's how you think you're going to identify somebody. And that's insane, especially when you're talking about cremating somebody. And all yeah, that. Oh, I, to, to me that is because there's another family out there that they don't have this individual now. Because this individual was cremated and given to a, another family. Like, it just sounds so morbid. It, it just sounds so weird that you wouldn't think that something like this could happen when you could just identify DNA. I thought that that would have happened anyway. Anything. The fing- I thought that the fingerprints thing would have happened anyway. I mean, that you, you see that all the time. You're waiting to identify. It's like now – I. D- d- my mind is blown. I, I don't even think about how you can possibly screw that up when you've got all of these forensics tools at your fingertips, no pun intended. Now, according to the report, um, he had lost touch with his family, including his father. Mm-hmm. When the authorities told them that he had died of an overdose, they had little reason to doubt it because he had had so many ups and downs and so many um, issues. The last relative he had had contact wa- uh, with was his cousin, Latasha. Um, It says, while the examiner's office said that Chase's uh, immediate family had declined to view the body before cremation, his father, Toby Chase, said that he was never asked. 
Neither was the rest of his family. So, fa- so family denied, or they, they declined. No, they 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 assumed that it was true because mm-hmm. of his ups and downs. But, um, Toby Chase, his father, mm-hmm. Tyler's father, mm-hmm. said he was never asked. The examiner's office said that they the family declined to view the body. Okay. The father says we were never we asked. Never, okay. Neither was okay. the rest of the family. Okay, I got I got you. Okay. All right, I, I follow you now. I, I just – I look at this. There's some liability right there. I mean, that is – Well, I, I don't think anything's going to happen out of this. Like, like, like he's alive. Yeah, he, he's, he's alive. Yeah, I'm saying I, I don't think he gets any money out of this. I don't think the family gets any money out of this. They're like, no, your loved one's alive. Like, that's a blessing. But what about the family that lost their individual? Like – that's a totally different That's conversation. A- that has nothing to do with the Chase family. Like, text line, 651-461-9226. Do you think that the Chase family should get something out of this? Like, I I could hear the, the part of, you know what, there there could have been some trauma. There could have been some some grief. There could have been just, you know, they're going through because they lost a loved one. There's got to be some sort of punitive damages somewhere along the line. For- I'm not sure there is. There, there's He's gotta, alive. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not I, litigious, and I'm not like advocating for I'm it. More, but. I feel more for the family of the person that actually died. Got, yeah, and well, they were misidentified. Yeah, because you think that, that had that, the wallet. Because you think that their, you know, their individual is still alive. So they and they're you know, actually dead. And, and they, I mean, and, and they've been cremated. Right, and and they might, and they had no say in the matter of of viewing the body. Because they were cremated. Yeah, and we don't know what kind of relationship the individual had with their family on the other side. This is just a this is just a really sad situation. I I'm just very curious now what the relationship would be between this young man and his family if this somehow is a second chance. To, to reconnect and, and, you know, now that he's several months sober and looking to get himself on the right path, if this is maybe a chance to, to hit the reset button on the a family. second chance at life. Second a chance second in chance life and, and second and, chance with family, to, everything to, else. To get yeah. together, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, the tax on us from 601, did they have to do a funeral that cost a lot of money? No, no, there wasn't a funeral. I think they just cremated and gave yes. the ashes to the families, my understanding. Yes. Okay. So there, so so because there was no funeral for Tyler, there was no funeral funeral for either of the people, right? Because Tyler's actually alive. Tyler is, and alive. there was no funeral for the person that actually died. Mm. Which I feel like that family's totally screwed. Yeah, and we don't know what their story is. We don't know if they're if they were close with their loved one, and, and their loved one was going through some issues. Yeah, and, and that's and and that's just it. Like we know what this situation is. And it worked out well for these. So it's like, well, wow, what a, what a calamity, you know, what a bunch of, you know, comical errors that ended up on a positive for these guys. But on the opposite side, I mean, think about having a, a family member, even if you're estranged from them, but you know, they're trying to get themselves right and they're in rehab. Mm-hmm. You don't hear from them and you're like. I I hope they're doing well. You, you don't ever think something like that's going to happen. I will say this to the texture um, when they asked about price and cost. 
The cousin said that the family was distraught but not shocked mm. when they were notified of his death. She last saw Chase after his mother's death in 2020, okay. but had gradually lost mm. contact. Listen to this, and this will answer the question for the uh, for the texter. The next thing, this is a quote, the next thing I hear about is him is that he died of a drug overdose. The family raised more than $1,000 to have the body cremated, and um, the cousin collected the urn of ashes in October. So it was 1000 bucks. That's what the uh, – but it wasn't a funeral. It was, it was just, it was just uh, you, you, got the, you got the urn. Yeah. So whose ashes did they get? They got the, the individual that stole the, the wallet. Yeah. 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 But how wow. do you not do a DNA forensic? I, I mean, if somebody takes my wallet and, you know, oh, man, I just, I can't even. And they got killed. And, and, and they got everybody killed. Everybody thought it was me. Everybody thought it was you. Man. Damn, don't steal a wallet, man. No, yeah. Don't, That's yeah, one hell of a punishment. That Wow. Dead serious. Oh, that, That's not good. Dead serious. I see what you did there. I actually didn't try to do you that. You didn't try to do that? I, I, I figured I, that you I, I were. I walked right into that. You were working, you were working on my pun no, game. No, I wasn't and, trying to land that. No, no oh, it, it landed. Yeah. It landed. Coming up next, we got Word on the Street. That's next year on The Lake Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, you guys know what time it is. It's time for Word on the Street. What we call this Super Bowl week edition of Word on the Street? I think so. Not to say that there's anything Super Bowl related. I'm just saying it. Super Bowl week. It is Super Bowl. I I may have one little nugget or maybe two little nuggets. Maybe. About the uh, the big game. Okay. All right, but uh, let's start with PETA because PETA – they're PETA, in the, P-I-T, like, like the food PETA? No, not like a PETA bread. 
<laughs> not like pita bread. I do like a good pita. Don't get me wrong. I got you. It sounds wrong, but I, I do like a good pita. Hey, pita is all about protecting animals, even if the – oh, almost saw flashing light out there. I thought I was getting ticketed. Now I might be getting towed. I don't know. They've done everything to me. Hey, PETA is all about protecting animals, even the ones that were apparently man-made because they fired off a letter to a Kansas company imploring them to stop putting critters on carousels. The notorious animal rights activist group directed the letter to Aaron Laundrum, the president and CEO of Chance Rides, one of the largest manufacturers of amusement rides in the U.S. In the letter, PETA's one plea to take the animals off of the carousels or replace them with vehicles like your basic car or even a freaking rocket or a whimsical design like a shooting star or a broomstick. The, arg- the uh, organization argues that putting animals, even fake ones, in a position where children can ride them celebrates, quote, the exploitation of sentient beings, though Peter recognizes its entirely unintentional consequence. That letter points to alleged abuse towards real-life animals they fear will be spurred on by the continued existence of animal-themed carousels, basically concerned that these carousels reinforce the notion that animals are here for our pleasure instead of holding any emotion or inner lives of their own. Now, uh, PETA flaunts its record a bit in this correspondence as well, saying Trader Joe's and Nabisco, among other companies, have changed branding in recent years to remove pictures of animals in captivity after similar pleas from them. The bottom line is PETA's trying to save all the flesh and blood animals, even if they have to protect the fiberglass and aluminum ones first. When you hear a story like this, people don't want to take PETA seriously. Like, like, no, I'm dead serious. When you see this, people don't want to take PETA seriously. They care about fake ones on rides like it's a waste of time. Care about actual living, breathing animals. Come on, man. Come on. Peter. Peter. Peter Bread. They're, they're on a merry-go-round. It's a friggin' merry-go-round. Horses go up. Horses go down. Dragons go up. Dragons go down. Zebras go up. Zebras go down. It's a waste of time. It's, uh, man. I can't believe it's even a thing. Hey, uh, Tish Cyrus, she encouraged her ex, Billy Ray Cyrus, to star in Hannah Montana because she thought it would bring them together. Hope we now know didn't pan out in the long run. The 56-year-old reflected on how the Disney Channel series impacted their family on a new Call Her Daddy episode, saying she saw the show as a double whammy, a chance to move Billy's career forward. It hit a wall after his 1992 hit, Achy Breaky Heart, had a chance to make them a strong family unit. Tish explained that a light bulb went off in her head when Hannah's casting directors joked they couldn't afford Billy for the show during Miley's audition, prompting her to jump in and tell them the Iowa, the idea wasn't too far-fetched. She then turned to Billy, urging him to audition while she knew it would be a pay cut for him and meant that their family would be together again. Now, her reflection on Hannah Montana clearly appears to be more on the what-could-have-been scale, but Billy Ray remembers it much differently, telling GQ all the way back in 2011 that the show, quote, destroyed my family. Tish legally parted away from Billy in 2022, married Dominic Purcell in August of 2023. That new marriage is reportedly a source of major contention between Miley and her dad. Well, all right, so there's a couple things here. Text line can weigh in, too, 651-461-922, text. I didn't even know that they were no longer together. Like, I knew that there were some some marital issues. 
I didn't know that they were officially done. Yeah, I, I didn't either. But they legally parted ways in 2022, and she immediately got married afterwards. If I'm if I'm Billy, I'd have an issue with that too. Like my gosh, you're moving kind of fast, aren't you? Uh, I mean. I guess, but I mean, maybe they had been like legally separated for a while too. Like, I, I, I don't know. It says they parted ways legally. Yeah. In twenty twenty two, but you could, but you could have been, like, you could have been separated. You could have been separated for a long time, but you're still legally mm, married. I, mm. I mean, we see things like that. Yeah, I, I just that just, I'd be in my feelings about that. You got an achy, breaky heart about it, don't you? I'd have an achy, breaky heart. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I won't tell your heart, your achy, breaky heart, because it just, Hey, watch your mouth. Karen's listening. It just wouldn't understand. <laughs> All right. Hey, speaking about two people that uh, don't understand. <laughs> See, now you got me on that. You know what? You got to give it to me. That the, was a good the, one. The, the mood's going to change because I'm going to mention El, or, uh, not Elmo, Elon Musk Sorry, Uh-oh. and Mark Cuban. They're far from friends, but they're united on one front. That's not betting on the Super Bowl Sunday because, as you might figure, they're not much on burning money. Apparently, they won't bet on the Super Bowl, and, in fact, they don't bet on sports at all. Man, party poopers. Elon says there are, quote, plenty of other risky things going on, so it sounds like he might be taking other risks. Uh, Losing $44 billion on Twitter will do that to you, but I digress. As for Mark, he says he's not allowed to bet on the NBA because of his ownership stake in the Mavericks, which makes sense. Well, he doesn't know if that uh, betting extends to the NFL. He'd rather skip any potential hassle altogether, which is smart prob- move. probably a smart yeah, move. Yeah, it really yeah. is. By the way, Elon and Mark being aligned on anything is pretty wild news in and of itself, as they've been in a very public feud with Elon calling Mark a racist last month for supporting diversity, equality, and inclusion hiring practices and challenging him to an MMA. What is it about Elon just challenging everybody to an MMA fight? I mean, it was Mark Zuckerberg. Is it going to be what Tom from MySpace because he's not in your top eight friends? I mean, boy, Elon Musk. He's, he's he, a little man. He's he's throwing out all. It's it's like the I'm a wrestling fan. It's the Elon Musk open challenge. You know, anybody's going to step through that door. Cuban defended his stance. And called uh, Elon's little echo chamber a savage blow, considering Musk touts the platform as a paragon of free speech. Not a fan of Elon Musk, as you know. What? We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Who'd win a fight, Mark Cuban or Elon Musk? I take Mark. I take Mark Cuban. Oh, I would take over Elon Musk. Yeah. Mark Cuban, for sure. Yeah. Have you ever seen him in person? No, I haven't. Yeah, I, I I take Mark Cuban. I'm not saying he's like some big dude or whatever, but mm-hmm. like, and, and yeah, no, Mark Cuban. I mean, I I met him like twice. Okay. Yeah, Mark Cuban that. looks like he just have that mean streak too. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. He he'd has, have that scowl, and he'd just be like, you'd be like, oh crap, it's on. Like like once he gets to ten, it's on and pop. Yeah, yeah. And uh, finally, here's uh, another Super Bowl ditty for you here. Rick Harris, and I actually watch, I never watched this show, but for some reason I stumbled upon it this morning, and I have no idea why, and then I saw the story, so it just kind of fit together. Rick Harrison and his Pawn Stars crew are looking to capitalize on the Super Bowl coming to Vegas. Their shop's hawking some championship rings from recent Super Bowls. I don't know how much you watch Pawn Stars at all, Lake. I'm not a Pawn, pawn Stars um, watcher. Okay. Yeah. I've seen probably maybe like two episodes of my life. Yeah, I, I don't watch a lot, but for some reason I well one of the one of the owners uh, lost a son recently. 
Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, see that I that I Th- there's a guy aware. in there named Rick. Rick Harrison, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, his he, he lost his son. His son, yeah. Well, yeah, because I think he's the one that owns the store. Yep. And yeah, with the the Super Bowl in Vegas, they've got Super Bowl rings from the 2007 Giants that's selling for seventy seven five. It was owned by a team staffer, and it's made by Tiffany and Company. Mm. Golden Silver Pawn Shop. They also have a ring from the 2021 Rams in their possession. Oh, boy. That one's only 20G, Lake. So if you're looking to impress Karen, I mean, walk around with an L.A. Rams <laughs> Super Bowl ring. But they say they get a lot of inquiries about their sports championship rings, obviously, around the Super Bowl a little bit more. But if you're an AFC guy, don't worry about it. They'll hook you up because they've got an AFC championship ring previously owned by NFL players, including one from the 2011 Patriots for 32-5. Another one from the 1989 Denver Broncos for $40,000. That one intrigues me. I mean, I wouldn't buy it. But it's worth noting that player rings are a little different than staff rings, and player rings are a little more valuable. Absolutely, you Thus, think. Yeah. yeah, come with the higher price tag. And apparently, and this is actually – I. I think probably a really good thing, too. They don't give out player names unless the potential buyers show that they're serious. Yeah. Because, I mean, you don't want to be known as a guy who hawked a Super Bowl ring. I mean, you work your entire life to win a Super Bowl ring, and then you go pawn it? Yeah. I mean, but, you know, folks fall on hard times. We've all been there. Yep, no doubt. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up War on the Street. Coming up next, let's talk Super Bowl. What are our predictions What's up with the game? What's up on the menu? We'll do that next year on Blake Show. <laughs> yeah, I totally screwed that up earlier. I gave out the wrong uh, the wrong weather. Well, that one can't be right Not because bad. you were saying snow and it's February. We haven't had any snow, so that can't be right. You sure? Yeah. You want to bet? No. Okay. You sure? Yeah. I mean, we can wager. I like winning wagers around here. I, I seem to take everybody's money, whether it's Josh Wheeler, Jonathan Lowe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm game. Your game for taking more money? You got something to ta- you got something to give? <laughs> you see these new cans I'm wearing? That's my that's my money right there. That's my twenty bucks. Okay, that's my that's my Super Bowl gambling money right there. Hey, real quick for the five hundred seven. This text talking about our top of the hour story about the Portland Oregon misidentification cremation guys actually alive. I ain't dead yet. It says ten years ago, or 10 plus years ago, there was a devastating car crash with two young ladies. One lived, the other passed away. But due to the terrible injuries, the girls were wrongly identified. One family thought that their daughter lived, but found out months later that she was the one who had actually died. And the other family who buried whom they thought was their daughter found out she was the fourth that lived. Great show. Thank you for the compliment. I think I remember oh, hearing about I, I that story. I kind of vaguely remember something about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I re, I re, I'm glad the texter brought that up because that's, that's, thank yeah, you for the text. Yeah, it's one of those stories that you think about and you hear about and then it just kind of, you don't, because nothing ever triggers that memory and now it's like, oh yeah, I remember something like that. Wow, that's, man, I, I could not, again, it's one of those, I couldn't imagine. Like being in that situation as a family member. And think about all the the trauma that you go through and, and all of the emotions. Oh, no thank you. Oof. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. All right, Super Bowl predictions. 
What do you guys make of this game? How many of you are excited for the game? And who are you rooting for? 651-461-9226. And what are you going to have on the menu? What are you serving up? You guys watch Taste Buds on Fox 9. Of course, me and Stephanie Hansen, we were in the kitchen. We're doing wings upon wings. Mm -hmm. We're doing jalapeno poppers. We're doing cauliflower wings, which is just cauliflower. (laughs) It is. It's not wings. But you get what I'm saying. What's on the menu for the big game, and who do you got? I personally am rooting for Kansas City because of the Kansas City ties. I got friends uh, still to this day in Kansas City. Uh, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan. I hope that they get it done, and I do think that they will win. I think they're the better of these two teams. I think that Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. I think that the Chiefs win. I know that Matthew said 28-24. I'm going to go 31-27, Chiefs. I think we're going to have a high-scoring game. I do, too. I, I Because I, I think when, you know, Collar, he laid it out really nice in terms of you look at San Francisco, you're like, they are a really well-rounded physical team, but their defense is not what it once was. And Kansas City, you look at what they had to do to get here, taking on the Dolphins, and then going to Buffalo. You know, first time that the Bills had ever hosted the Chiefs in the postseason. And, I mean, my friend in Buffalo, I mean, they were geeked up for it. And Patrick Mahomes did his thing. And then the win in Baltimore, that was the one that really impressed me. Because I I think everybody's saying, I mean, Lamar Jackson with the year that he had, number one pass defense in the NFL, that running game, you're at home. Like, Baltimore had everything going their way. And I think the way that Rasheed Rice has just the, the last half of the season. Solid draft pick right there. Absolutely. Because it's more than just Travis Kelsey now. Wondering, you know, who's going to be that wide receiver? You know, was it going to be MVS? Was it going to be Kadarius Tony or you know Sky Moore? Or like, no, man, you got Rasheed Rice, and he's a legit playmaker. Pacheco just runs angry. I think that they can, they can match the Niners in terms of being able to go up and down the field. And Patrick Mahomes in a shootout, I'm not going to bet against him. Yeah. So you're going. What, what's the score again? I'll go. I'll go 35-31. I'll go even higher. Okay. Because I I do like the what is the over under on that? I, I don't know. I don't even know, but I mean I'll I'll probably take the over on it. Yeah, I'll take I'll take a 35 31 Kansas City win. All right, I'm going 31 27. Okay. Matthew Cobbler went 28 24. I just think that when it's all on the line, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes gets it done. Now, it's it's not to say that they're invincible because they're not. He's got wide receivers that have dropped the ball. Offensive line, Taylor's been beyond shaky. Like He's been one of the worst offensive linemen, it seems like, this year. And remember now, they did lose to Tampa in the Super Bowl a couple of Super Bowls ago. And that game wasn't really close. He was no. running for his life the entire time. It was just a train wreck of an experience for Kansas City. But Andy Reid's been there, done that, man. Kyle Shanahan, this is a prove-it game for him, man. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, this is Andy Reid's fifth trip to the Super Bowl. I mean, you've got, I think we mentioned this, maybe a top five head coach of all time combined with what could be the best quarterback of all time, the best tight end of all time. And 
I don't see any end in sight, really. Because they said, oh, Travis Kelsey kind of fell off a cliff a little bit. Oh, Travis Kelsey I, had his mojo back. Yeah, I mean, it was what he did in that. Swifties unite. Especially in that first half. I mean, I think he had like 10 catches the first half. It was ridiculous. If Andy- hey, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up. Do you know what the over-under was in terms of the number? you know what the number was for him catches for that game? No. Six and a half. Really? And he got that in the first half. Yeah, I, I mean, he had, he had been persona non grata. For the most part, like he had a very un-Travis Kelsey-like season, but the dude still put up a thousand yards. I mean, that's just the sort of of expectation that we have from Travis Kelsey. And I, I you know, I don't give. Wait, did he put up a thousand? I thought he put. I thought he put up a thousand this year. Maybe he did I? Uh, I think his streak. I think his streak of a thousand. I think he missed out. Was he okay? Let me. Uh, I think he just barely missed. Oh, 980, he had 984. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And, and they didn't play him in that final game, and people were like, hold on. And, 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 but it, they were like, it's not about the numbers, man. Well, I'm going to say that he almost uh, – uh, can I say that he almost hit 1,000? Oh, he almost – Oh, yeah. Remember, he missed the opening week. Yeah. Because, against Detroit. Because of that hyperextended knee that he had. Yep. Yeah. And I, I like the matchup. Like, from a football perspective – I would not have been upset with any of the four because I feel like any of the final four could have given us a good matchup. I mean, Baltimore and Detroit, as as much fun as I you know like to poke at the Lions fans because mm-hmm. you got to come to the table of misery and have a seat first. It, the Lions are a fun team to watch. Like this should be a fun game, even for the casual football fan, because I think you're going to see a lot of scoring and ultimately that's what you want. Yep. All right, 651-461-9226. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Final segment. We do headlines. That's next. Final segment of the show. Final segment of the week for me. Steve Thompson in for me tomorrow night. I'm back with you guys on Monday after the big game, Mm -hmm. after the Super Bowl. But uh, I got some business to tend to tomorrow. And then I have a little, little bit of fun on Saturday. There you go. Which I'll maybe... Tell people about on Monday. Oh, there you go. Yeah, tell us. Uh, tell us about your weekend after it all happened. Yes. Hey, a, uh, a fire that tore through the Lutzen Resort Lodge in the shoreline of Lake Superior earlier this week remains under investigation. After state fire officials on Wednesday said it's unclear whether or not three code violations on the resort's last inspection played a role. Now, the last inspection was on July sixth of twenty twenty three by the Minnesota State Fire Marshal, found seven total violations. Those included issues with the smoke alarms, fire exit signs, sprinkler system, and the fire alarm system. Four of the seven violations were corrected by the property owner, according to State Fire Marshal Daniel uh, Daniel Cryer. This fire had a significant impact on the local economy and community. We're leading the investigation into the fire's cause and appreciate the partnership of the Lutzen Fire Department. General Manager uh, Edward Vangus told Vanita this morning that the flames appear to be coming from the floorboard lobby Thought they could be coming from the basement. There are broilers in the basement, so no one is going to know for some time what the origins are. But it appeared it was coming up from underneath the floor in terms of the basement. The investigation's timeline remains unclear due to how large the fire was. Yeah, the, uh, you know, this entire story is very, very, very unfortunate. And we had a guest on the show, um, Michelle Truex, earlier in the week, mm-hmm. who was married at Lucent Lodge. Uh, she's an executive producer at Fox 9, mm-hmm. and it's a very 
emotional story for a lot of people, man. It, it's such a historic place. Yeah, I, I've, I've never, been, I've never been, but no, I haven't either. But I mean, if you're not a true Minnesotan, if you've never heard of Lutzen or know where where the Lutzen Resort Lodge is at, I, I mean, it's it's a big part of what's up there. It made me sad when I when I heard the story. Hey, a Canadian drug dealer was busted for allegedly offering his customers free samples of cocaine stapled to the back of his business cards. This, according to local authorities. Take a hit. To, yeah. The city of Calgary, Alberta, shared in a news press release noting that 33-year-old Syed Amir Razavi was allegedly caught on Saturday with more than 50 dime bags of portion drugs and a box of business cards under the alias Alex Lee. Dang, man. I know. Well. I mean, maybe you got to give out a little. I, I saw Griselda, and you, maybe you got to give out a little bit of a free sample to hook the people. Maybe that's what, what he was looking for. He's getting it in. Uh, apparently. But cops have been searching for Lee since Christmas Eve when they were notified about a man who offered cocaine samples to gamblers outside a casino in downtown Calgary. It's a pretty good demographic. I mean, if you're going to hit people, hit them outside a casino. After six weeks of <laughs> investigating, I worked at a casino. Especially those that are down on their luck. Oh, huh? man, you know. Need a new slow snowblower, you know, you know where to go. After six weeks of investigating, police were able to gather enough evidence to track down and arrest Razavi during a traffic stop. Officers then executed a search warrant at his nearby home where they allegedly found almost 60 grams of cocaine and dozens of baggies and business cards. Razavi has since been charged with two counts of trafficking, a controlled substance, one count of possession for the purpose of trafficking, and three counts of possession of proceeds of crime under $5,000. I mean, come on, man! Stapling a, some some free samples of coke on the back of your business card? Mm. My goodness, my man! Hey, is he getting high off his own supply as well? I don't think you. I don't think you ever get high off your own supply. But then again, I mean, if, you, if how are you going to break into the market and tell people about your product if you can't give them a little sample? Silliness! It's not like going to Sam's or Costco and getting like a you know. Free little sample if in the freezer section. If you're in the cocaine section. business, don't give out business cards so you can get caught. <laughs> well, he didn't give the real name. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You got to give out Just like. Just to connect. <laughs> I don't know, man. Doesn't matter if it's your alias or not. <laughs> he, put a re- he put the real contact number yeah, on there. Yeah, you're putting the real. I mean, you're putting some, re- some real info on there. You put P, P, Her- put P. Herman on there. Oh, man. And uh, let's go to uh, to this one here. Like, I just got to get uh, something. All right. Get that uh, ready to go. Hey, for those who missed attending Usher's Las Vegas residency, he has a gift. On Tuesday, the headliner for the upcoming halftime show with Super Bowl LVIII announced his Usher Past, Present, Future Tour. It's going to kick off on August 20th at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Now, as of right now, he doesn't have any dates scheduled for the cities. The closest he's going to be is a couple of shows at the United Center in Chicago on October 28th and 29th. It's verified uh, social media going to be called he asked are you ready for me tickets going to go on sale wednesday the additional pre-sales running throughout the week before general sales open at february 12th at LiveNation.com. i do believe that usher is one of the best artists and performers on earth right now i'm, I'm dead serious people asking was well, he big enough to do the super bowl are you kidding me mm-hmm. it's usher he's phenomenal he's been going for what 30 damn near 30 years yeah he, he's got some longevity to it yeah, he's phenomenal. I'd love to see. I didn't see the residency in, in Vegas. I'll definitely be watching at halftime. But, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm an Usher fan. Have yeah. been for a long time, ever since he came out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the All bi- I do is think of you <laughs> watch holding me, watch on me. to someone new. 
Uh, go for it. I mean, I'll I'll gladly sit the last headline out if you want to keep uh, you want to keep no, rolling. No, I'm good. You you good? I'm good. Getting your vibe on. All I right. Can't, I can't hit the high note. Can't hit the high note. Can't uh, can't Don't go supreme. Don't make me lose my mind. I, I, you did the little shoulder shake too. That's nice. I know. See, that's you. You got to do the usher shoulder shake. Can you do the uh, what is it? Watch me. Watch me. Can you do that? See, there you go. See, I can't do it because of the microphone. Yeah, you, there you go. What you saw from the tiny desk, we did the little tiny desk. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. There you go. Well, as we're getting into uh, Super Bowl weekend, Australia is introducing laws giving workers the right to ignore unreasonable calls and messages from their bosses outside of work hours without penalty. Bring it to the States! <laughs> with, with potential fines for employers that breach that rule. Brad, Lindsay, I'm not listening. Bye, I'm not answering. <laughs> Henry's not here right now. The right to disconnect is part of a raft of changes to industrial relation laws proposed by the federal government under a parliamentary bill, which said it would protect workers' rights. Uh, It stops employees from working unpaid overtime through a right to disconnect from unreasonable hours. What we're saying is that someone who isn't being paid 24 hours a day should be penalized. They're uh, not. So, uh, yeah, good for them. Well, everybody, I hope that everybody enjoys the weekend. I'm looking forward to the weekend. I know that Chris is going to have an awesome weekend because he always does. You watch any wrestling? There's no wrestling on this weekend, is there? Uh, no, but I'm uh, I got a show on Saturday gotcha. in uh, Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. So nice. I'm, nice. I'm heading out there. Nice. All right, so everybody, hey, have an awesome weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, regardless of who you're rooting for, Be responsible, be safe, don't drink and drive, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Stevie T in for me tomorrow night on The Lake Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoops. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.